Welcome to the Cone Zone. It's a special free agency edition. The Niners added two big new players yesterday and lost a few new players. My dad and I are going to break it all down for you. Dad, how you doing? I'm doing fine. And you were just saying before we got on the air, it's like a game a week. Everybody's so excited about free agency. Yeah, as soon as that first signing happened yesterday morning, it was like the Niners had just won a game 45 to nothing and, and Niner fans were on. We're, we're looking to celebrate online, which I understand. Okay, let's get into the first uh, humongous, this Javon. Javon Hargrave. This is very interesting. Here's first move, thing. go ahead. I'm just going to set it up. There are certain people who are, let's say, lay people, and I would consider myself one, don't know much about him. So tell us who he is, where he's from, good and the bad. He's from Philly. He was with the Eagles last year. He had 11 sacks. Uh, his, he's 30 years old. What's interesting about this, they gave him more than $20 million a year. It's essentially the contract they wouldn't give to Forrest Buckner. They had DeForest Buckner. They didn't want to pay him for whatever reason. They never really made that clear. They traded him for Javon Kinlaw, and they tried to make that work for three years. And it was finally them saying, okay, we were wrong. We're, not, we're going to stop with that, and we're going to just go get the best defensive lineman we can get and give him the DeForest Buckner deal. So that's, I mean, growth, that's a good thing, that they at least admitted that that was a key part of their formula, having this dominant defensive line, and they're trying to recreate what they had four years ago. Like I said, he had 11 sacks last year. He's a really good player. He's, he comes from the Eagles. The Niners just weakened them. Um, yeah, he's, he's really good. So okay. that's a good thing. He plays on the inside. He's not an edge rusher. Right. Um, is it more important to get an inside guy than an edge rusher? I think it's just important to get pass rushers wherever you can get them from okay you know how does he how does he do against the run he's a very good run defender he's an all-around good player yes yes but they're giving him a lot of again they're giving him the DeForest Buckner contract which is amazing that they gave it to Javon Hargrave and not Buckner because Hargrave as good as he is he's not as good as DeForest Buckner Uh, he's older than DeForest Buckner He's six foot one. Not that there's anything wrong with that. He's he's much more compact than DeForest Buckner, and really, he had this great year last year, eleven sacks. But he's never really been a big sack guy up until last year. And if the, I feel like the Niners are paying for that eleven sack season, kind of like they did with Eric Armstead a few years ago when he had a ten sack season, he's not going to produce like that for the 49ers, I don't think. He's still going to be a good player, like Armstead. He's more like Armstead than Buckner. Good player, good against the run, will create pressure. But is he going to get? 10 sacks for the Niners next year? I would expect five. Because on, on Philly, you, you know how Philly was. They had a bunch of good pass rushers. He was one of the guys over there. Here, it's him and Bosa. And everyone knows it. And he's going to get double teamed. And it's going to be a lot harder for him. I hope he's better than Armstead uh, for what they're paying him. He's Armstead's age. I mean, if, if you look at his numbers throughout the years, he had sacks like, season where he had two sacks, four sacks, six sacks. He's never really done anything like last year until last year. I don't. He's going to have a good impact, but is he going to be worth $20 million something million? I don't know. I mean, like in the Super Bowl, he did nothing against the, the Chiefs. Nothing. Could okay. against the Niners, though. But it's an upgrade to what they It absolutely really is an upgrade, yes. So it's a very good thing. Mm-hmm. He's de- he definitely oh. makes them better. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're emphasizing so far— um, 
they made a big signing on, on the quarterback. We'll come back to that in a minute. But they're emphasizing the defense. I was more worried about the offensive line than the defense. Yeah, me too. They're emphasizing the defensive line. Now they've got all this money tied up into two 30, uh, your two 30-year-old defensive tackles and then Bosa when they extend him, which is kind of risky. The thing about defense is you can have a, a rotation of players on the defensive line. You can have two down players, one down players, guys you use against the run, guys you use against the pass. You can't do that on the offensive line. You need guys out there for every play of the game who are good at every at all five positions, and they're harder to find. Defensive linemen, you can find them in the draft. You can find them in free agency. There's a lot of good athletes like that. Guys who actually can block them, very hard to find, and the Niners kind of just like, ah, eh, we'll make do. Why do you think they emphasize D-line more than offensive line? It's strange, right? Because the head coach is an offensive coach. Yeah. I think from Kyle's perspective, he's so good. He's such a genius that he can scheme around that weakness. You can't scheme around a weak defensive line. But, but you know, with a, with a weaker offensive line, you know, I can get, he can get guys who are run-blocking specialists and run the ball, and, then, and he can sort of slow down a pass rush with a play-action game. That's what he thinks. But I don't really buy it. I mean, I think in today's NFL – Defenses aren't selling out to stop the run. They want to stop the pass. They want you to run the ball. They're not really tricked by his play-action scheme. I mean, he thought he was tricking the Eagles with that play-action play. They're like, oh, they're going to think it's a run. No, they just rushed the quarterback and broke your quarterback because no one cares about the run anymore. So, I don't know. It seems like a little bit of a backwards approach. To me, it does. Um, if I if I were running the show, uh, the first big signing I would have made would be for a right tackle. Yeah. The thing is, I guess what they would say is the right tackles in free agency, like arguably the best one was Mike McGlinchey. They're not that good. And so for the okay. money, you could get a really good defensive tackle, whereas you might get a, a pretty weak right tackle. Frankly, they should be drafting these guys and developing them. That's what Philly does. All five of their starters are guys they drafted and developed. They have the best offensive line in the league. So the Niners are kind of like coming to this a little late. And they draft these guys around four or five. And... As I recall from the championship game, the Philly offensive line really handled the Niners' defensive line. Yeah, exposed it, absolutely. Bert, like exposed gouging it. holes into it. Yeah, they ran for four touchdowns. Uh, Javon Kinlaw was on skates. It's probably why they went and got Javon Hargrave, because of how dominant that Philly defensive line was in that game. Offensive Hargrave, line. In, offensive line. It was probably why they got someone who could match up with it in Hargrave. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're so, and we're going to talk more about that right tackle spot in in a, in a bit. Okay, you be in charge today. <laughs> Fist and Chip says New York Heritage Grant broadcast enjoy. New York Heritage Grant broadcast. Yeah, I, I got the heritage. You have the heritage. I got Your the heritage. Your grandma lived in Brooklyn. Used to go to Brooklyn and visit Eve. Ave, Avenue L. Avenue L. Irfan says Mosley just signed with the Lions, one year, six million dollars. Ooh, you want to talk about this real quick? I thought it was two years, but okay. Emmanuel Mosley? Oh, Mosley, I'm sorry. Never mind. Yeah, so they lost Mosley. Yeah, let's, let, let me just verify it real quick, but that, that's really interesting because that's not much money at all. Emmanuel Mosley, one-year deal, $6 million. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so Emmanuel Mosley just signed a one-year deal, $6 million with the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions. What do you think of this loss for the Niners? I think it's a big loss. Yeah, me too. 
It's a good and play. They couldn't match six million dollars. Six million dollars. It's amazing. I mean, they just gave their third string quarterback four and a half million dollars, and I love that signing. But man, that's a starting cornerback who's good for six million. Wow, what a great signing for Detroit. I, Iggy, can you understand it? I don't think they have the money, Dad. They just gave twenty-something million dollars to Javon Hargrave and four and a half million dollars to a third-string quarterback. I think, and to do that, they had to restructure Traverius Wars. I think they have like three million dollars in cap space. They could create more, but it's how many players are they going to restructure and extend? It's tough. They they may be, they may have made their big move, and now they have to go cheap at a lot of positions or or just draft guys. So Iggy, who would be their starting cornerbacks right now? Traverius Ward, who makes big bucks, and Diamador Lenore, who would be a third-year player who started the final half of the season. And and is coming on, is improving. He had two interceptions in the playoffs. He frankly was better than Traverius Ward in the playoffs. And so I could understand why the Niners might feel like, you know what, you can't extend everyone. We like Diamador Lenore. Uh, he's a cheaper, younger option. And he didn't, Mosley did tear his ACL. He, he might not be the same player. And that's why he probably had to get this one-year deal, $6 million, as opposed to a multi-year deal, because he's worth it. He's good enough. Um, is he better than Lenore? Yeah, I would say so. But again, he was before the injury. It's a serious injury. Okay, all right. It's a serious so injury. It, it's interesting. There's all this big news coming out now. Yeah, I love it, because the last six weeks we've been really um, uh, we've been really standing on our heads trying to think of things to talk about, which is fun. Okay. But news is good. Emmanuel Mosley, it was a pleasure. The Niners didn't draft him. He was an undrafted free agent. He took a starting job, which I always find interesting. And, and ex- I think it's really cool when a guy who was not even drafted f- works his way into the starting lineup and became an excellent player. Hopefully he bounces back from this injury and flourishes in Detroit. Okay. So the other big signing the Niners made. Instead of signing Emmanuel Mosley, the Niners signed Sam Darnold to a one-year, $4.5 million contract with $3.5 million guaranteed. For a third-string quarterback, it's a lot, but for him, I think it's a steal. He's 25. He was a third pick in the draft a few years ago. He's never played on a team like this. What do you think? I love it. Yeah, I actually love it. Do you? Yeah, I love it. I think it's a freaking steal. Yes, I think it's okay. a really good move. Um, at the get-go, I want to point out, he was a third pick in the draft, and so was Trey, Trey. Lance. Yes, so interesting parallel. Symmetry. symmetry. Symmetry, yeah. And if it doesn't work out with Trey Lance, they can say, yeah, we lost, but, but we got this other third pick. So, yeah. okay. That's true. What I'd, like, what I'd like you to do is give us a little rundown on Darnold's career because it didn't start well, what he does well and what he does not do well. Okay. Uh, when Darnold came out of USC, people actually compared him to Andrew Luck. They're like, you know, he's he's pretty big. He can move. Uh, he can scramble a little bit. He can throw on the run. He can throw from all different arm slots. He's got a strong arm. He threw a lot of picks in college, but he kind of was forcing stuff. He had some bad habits, but people liked it. He was the third pick in the draft. People felt he was like a good over, could kind of do a little bit of everything. Got drafted by the Jets, which is like a graveyard for quarterbacks. Played on terrible teams. Threw a lot of interceptions, got benched, lost his confidence, big time. Started seeing ghosts in the pocket, even said so. Got replaced. Robert Sala got, became the head coach of the uh, Jets. First thing they did was get rid of, trade him to the Panthers and draft Zach Wilson, which hasn't worked out. Uh, went to the Panthers, had a bad year, got replaced by Baker Mayfield. 
came in last year at the last six weeks when Steve Wilkes was the um, an interim coach in Carolina. That team was gutted. McCaffrey was gone. He went four and two last year. Uh, Darnold on a on a terrible team. So now Wilkes is here. McCaffrey's here. They know him. Maybe they said, "Hey, he's pretty good." Uh, and now he's here, and he's finally in a position where, on every single team in the NFL he's ever been on, he's had to be like the hub of the offense. Go make something happen on a team that sucks, Sam. And he hasn't been good at that. But here, it's the opposite. It's like, dude, you're so not the focal point of this offense. Just do what Brock Purdy did and get the ball out to the playmakers. And don't do, don't do too much. If the Niners can get him to buy into that, and like, it could work. You know, in the six games he played for Carolina last season, after they dumped uh, Mayfield, he not only went four and two, he threw seven touchdowns, only three interceptions. Now, it's not a lot of touchdowns, but it's a good ratio. And his uh, passer rating was 92. And I'm I'm encouraged by the interceptions. It's like that's something he needed to fix, and it seems like he is. So that's good. And again, it's like, here, hey, you don't have to make a play. Don't make a play. Check it down to Christian McCaffrey. Throw it to the open. You got George, all these guys. It just might work. If Brock Purdy could have success here, Maybe Sam Darnold could too. And this is someone who could really push Trey Lance this offseason uh, in, in practices. Okay, here's the big question. Yeah. How does he fit in? That's a good How question. How does it work? See, well, here's the first thing that went through my mind. He's a lot like Brock Purdy. He fits the Brock Purdy offense. I could see Brock Purdy being the starter and Sam Darnold being the backup. Like, again, this because we were saying, oh, Marcus Mariota would be great. He would fit Trey Lance, what Trey Lance does. They're not going that direction. They're going Brock Purdy direction, which opens up a bunch of questions. Let's hear some questions. Well, where does Trey Lance fit in here? If, if right, Brock's the starter and, and Sam Darnold is like a perfect cheap backup, then what is Trey doing here? Like, are, are they going to eventually trade Trey? Because they could get something for Trey. I mean, they need, we, they need other positions. They don't have cap space. Right, they could get rid of Trey, and they could say, we still have the number three guy in the draft. Yeah, we got Brock Purdy. We didn't lose anything by giving all those picks for Trey Lance because we still got a third guy in the draft. And we got something back for Trey Lance. Right. Traded him for something, yeah. Do you feel Trey Lance is vulnerable to being traded? Yes. Wow. I do. I do. Because this makes me feel like they think Brock Purdy's coming back and they're going to have a Brock Purdy offense this year and they have a backup who could do all the Brock Purdy stuff. And you know, if, if Trey Lance, I don't know, maybe if they have Trey Lance for practice and he blows them away, they, they reconsider, but they could trade him on draft night before these practices happen. Okay. Depending on what they get, I mean, it seems like now that you have Sam Darnold, you can at least listen to offers if there are any. See what you get. To, if it's a yeah. third-round pick, forget it. If it's a first-round pick, oh, wait a second. Let's talk about it. So it's clear. Let's assume that Brock Purdy's okay. And the, the surgery went, went well. Let's assume he's going to be Brock Purdy, although it's an assumption. It's not right. a certainty. But let's assume. What is the pecking order of the quarterbacks? It's clearly Brock Purdy is the starter. No question. Yes. What is yes. the pecking order? Well... Let's take it day one of OTAs if they're all there. Brock's rehabbing. Trey's been in the offense for three years. He's the first string guy. Sam Darnold's new. He's learning. He's a second string guy. That's how it starts. But, you know, there's a whole offseason. If Trey's struggling 
and he hasn't shown any improvement from year one to year two to year three, and Sam Darnold seems to improve as he picks it up, it'll change. It'll become a quarterback competition. They could trade Trey Lance before the season starts. I mean, that's how it could go. But, but Trey will get the first crack at it. You know? Yes, He's got to show. They're, they're, basically, I think they're a little scared. They look at Jalen Hurts, and they're like, man, Trey technically could do that too. We don't know. So if he doesn't, then they may say, you know what, it's never going to happen for Trey. It's year three. We can't keep waiting for this. Like, just like they couldn't keep waiting for Kinlaw. Sorry, we're going to let you go somewhere else where you can actually get on the field, and we're going to move forward with these two quarterbacks. It could happen. Because they keep saying, well, he's got to play. He's on your team. You can make that happen if you wanted to. But they keep saying it's like they can't. All right, well, fine. Okay, next question. It's OTAs and minicamp. Brock Purdy is not a factor because he's rehabbing. Can you tell in OTAs and minicamp whether or not um, Trey Lance has made progress? I would say so, absolutely. Because there's a thing with Trey Lance. I mean, there's a mechanical thing that we talked about last year with the front leg. I mean, I can I can find I can see that immediately. I can videotape him on slow motion. Find that on the first day. Has he fixed his mechanics? Is he throwing with more accuracy? That's one. And then two, another thing with him, I think, is just overall confidence. He hasn't played that much football, and he doesn't carry himself with a supreme confidence like, you know, some of the best quarterbacks do. And I want to, like, like Brock Purdy, like Brock Purdy does. Brock Purdy just struts around the field, doesn't he? No He freaking struts around the field like, it's, like he owns it. Trey does not. And I'd like to see him actually develop that kind of confidence because Sam Darnold might step on this field and look at who he's playing with and, and feel that way. I mean, this guy had, has pedigree too. He's, been, he's played a lot of football unlike Trey. So that's going to be interesting. And he, went, he was the quarterback at USC as opposed yeah. to where Trey was. Exactly. So, I mean, with Trey, he hasn't done anything to get where he is in life. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be here, but he still needs to prove to himself that he belongs. Right? You know, you know what he's like when he comes on the field, Trey? Yeah. It's like you got invited to a party, but you don't think you belong at the party. And you walk in very quietly and you hang up your coat, but you hang in the corner, yeah. right? Because you don't know anybody and they don't really yeah. care about you. He's yeah. like almost the uninvited guest. I totally agree. You know, he's trying to socialize, but he's really just sort of hanging out on yeah. the wall and he doesn't know anyone and they're like what's your right. name oh yeah Tr- what's your name again hey i'm trey oh right trey right right you're you're so and so's friend hey it's good to see you hey man, why don't you go meet my friend over there hey here's a here's a pretzel <laughs> <laughs> kind of it's true they've always yeah. treated him that way the same so interesting the sam Darnold thing it, it could be looked at as competition for trey and it might be a tough one just because again it's another, another number three pick with pedigree who actually has played a lot in the nfl unlike trey I have another question. They only they only gave um, Darnold a one year deal, right? That doesn't seem like supreme confidence. Why no. only a one year deal? Well, I mean, he's got n- no leverage. His career is hanging on by a thread. He was a backup last year. No one seems to want him. So it seems like the best he can do. Hey, man. We'll give you $3.5 million guaranteed. You might be inactive half the, the whole season, but you might get on the field with us too. What do you say? And he's like, probably the best bet for my career is to just hope I get on the field and, and have a Brock Purdy experience. Okay, he might. I got it. I mean, he could be starting playoff games for the 49ers next year, Dad. I mean, isn't that their kind of their pattern? Yeah. I mean, if they have Purdy. If you were his agent, 
Wouldn't you think this is a good opportunity for him? Yes, and I would also think, and and also we we are very critical of Kyle Shanahan with good reason sometimes, but <coughs> it's good to be the quarterback of the 49ers. Okay, and he's from out here. He struggled in New York. He struggled in Carolina. He's from Southern California. I think I think he'll fit in just fine in this locker room. Anyway, the Niners made another signing. They re-signed Jake Brendel, one-year deal, four mil. Uh, hold on. What did they get? Hold on. Let me. Let me blah, 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 blah. Four-year deal. Let me see. Let me see what they gave. Jake Brendel gets a four-year deal as the 49ers starting center. I'll try to find how much money they're going to give him. But that's very interesting, Dad. What do you think of Jake Brendel getting a four-year deal as their starting center? Well, I need to put it back on you. Uh, how good is he as a center? Well, he's in his thir- he's thirty. Um, he had never been a starter before last year. The Niners thought he had something there. He ended up starting all 17 games and being a Pro Bowl alternate. So he's pretty good. He's not great, but he's definitely solid and steady. And it was no guarantee the Niners could get a better center. So at least they they got a solid, steady center who knows their system, a vet. So Iggy, I'm doing a cough drop now because I'm coughing. They have a pretty good offensive line the left three guys, center and the two left of him. The, the right yeah. guard and tackle is still God knows, right? Yeah, great left tackle, solid left guard, solid center, uh, below average right guard, but he's very young. He, he could improve and no right tackle. Yeah. But uh, th- good for Jake Brendel. He went to UCLA. He was on practice squad. He think he opted out of the COVID year. He had no career. And the Niners saw that he was a good athlete, and he blossomed last year. It's a great story. He deserves it. I want to I come back to the quarterbacks because I wasn't finished with that, Iggy. Sure. <laughs> so what they have now is three young quarterbacks. Yes. The Niners. Yes. And they have no proven quarterbacks. None. Would you agree? Yes, young guys who might be something under on this team. Right. Yeah. It's a very interesting position for a team this gifted, and it's very gifted, for a team this gifted to have so much uncertainty, have potential, but so, much, so many unknowns at quarterback. And essentially, they have three unknowns. Absolutely. And what's interesting is like most teams, as they feel like they're contenders as long as they have consistency at quarterback and the offensive line. They they they're going to be a contender. The Niners, that's what they don't have. They just they feel like as long as they can keep their defense together, they'll always be contenders, which is maybe true. But I just don't know if you can win a Super Bowl with a with a different starting quarterback every year. I don't know. Maybe you right. can. And there is a certain feeling that in order to win. It's in general, in order to win a Super Bowl, you need an elite quarterback. And it's unclear if any of these three is elite. The closest right now is Brock Purdy, but it's a very small sample size. And there do seem to be some limitations, even when he's healthy. Let's talk about these quarterbacks right now. Before we move on, I just want to clarify, it's a four-year contract worth $20 million, $8 million guaranteed for Jake Brendel. That's the... Those are the numbers. All right, let's talk quarterbacks. Are, would you? So the, the Niners have 
intriguing quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, guys with potential, guys who are fun to you know think about what they could be. Are any of them better than Jimmy Garoppolo right now? A good question. Give me a second. Uh, I would say Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Would you agree? Yes. No question. No question. So Brock Purdy, yes. I would say Sam Darnold is not better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He may turn out to be, but um, he couldn't have gotten the deal with the Raiders that Jimmy got. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, no, no I question. would say Trey Lance might someday be better than Jimmy, but he's not better right now. Mm-mm. So um, they had he also to couldn't me. get that. De- he also couldn't get that deal that Jimmy got if he were on the open market. Trey, right now, no way, no, no. way. So, um, no matter what you think of that deal, Jimmy got that deal. Yeah. These two guys couldn't. So I would say, on the and I don't even know that Brock could right now, coming off the surgery that he's coming off. Good point. Yeah. So on, on March 14th, 2023, the Niners have one quarterback who's better but hurt than Jimmy, and the other two at this moment are not better, but each could turn out to be better, which Can is I very say, interesting. If you use Jimmy as the metric, as the standard, two of them fall below Jimmy. Right now. Mm-hmm. On March 14th. And I'll, what I'll yeah. say is I, I would do exactly what the Niners are doing. I'd move on from Jimmy and bet on someone with, uh, with more potential because you know exactly what you got from Jimmy. It's never going to get better. It's only going to get worse. So I like what I, they're doing. Okay, I like what they're doing, but, I, but, I, but I'm not entirely in love. So let me try to explain why. They have a team that's ready to win, but they may not have a quarterback who's ready to win. Mm-hmm. And that's a screw-up. I think it's a screw-up when the most important position on your team still has the question mark over it. It absolutely is a screw-up. But but Jimmy Garoppolo is not the answer. No. No. The point is, I'm not sure they have an answer. No. The Raiders are going nowhere. The Raiders are going nowhere, but the Niners are still searching. They are. with this team, and they talk about the window of opportunity, with this team, they should not be in search mode. They should be in kick-ass mode. Yeah, and, it shouldn't be like, hey, maybe Sam Darnold could could really turn his right. career around over here. Right. You know? It shouldn't really? be that way. And, no. of course, they had to get rid of Jimmy, and they're, they're moving ahead in a way that I appreciate and endorse. This should have happened four years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And That's Year seven, think. and they're still floundering around at the quarterback position, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't – it just feels like they take defensive tackle more seriously. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The reason that they can't find a quarterback long term is they don't really take the Kyle doesn't really take the position seriously. Maybe John too, because John won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson as his quarterback. Maybe he thinks you just need a guy. But that was twenty one years ago. The league has changed a whole lot. I think you need more than just a guy to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. So you know, all power, all praise to the Niners for, for moving away from Jimmy. They had to do it, and for Sam Darnold getting him his really creative and clever this stuff should happen three and four years ago the quarterback should be at the same standard as the as the rest of the team i think it's real quick before we move on i think it's really funny that jimmy garoppolo went to the raiders he's the worst deep passer in the league and he's on the raiders like al davis boy if he knew it would make him sick i think it's just 
really funny at the rate. Like Mark Davis really wants to be the opposite of his dad so much. Jimmy. Well, Mark may not know what he's doing about football. He did get a stadium down there, so I give he did. Mark credit for that. But he, he may not really know football that well. And, you know, at the end of his life, Al didn't know football that well either. He, he really uh, lost it. He lost it for a while. Uh, Corey Soto while. says, could have gotten Waller for a third, $17 million annually. Well, the Niners can't afford that now with Jake Brendel on the team. Uh, Darren Waller just got traded to the New York Giants for a third-round pick, so that's one less target Jimmy Garoppolo will have. Adrian Garcia says, going all in with the big-time players such as Hargrave makes me feel that we're going to be in the same situation that the Rams are in right now. You know, I think the Niners might even know it, too. They have a lot of guys who are highly paid and in their 30s. They may end up having to... They're going to have to rebuild this team eventually. They'll still have Nick Bosa, but they got to... They got to win the Super Bowl now before, you know, before they become the Rams. See what I'm saying, Dad? Yeah, I do. <sighs> a couple more. <laughs> a couple more. Uh... <laughs> Brendel's coming back on a four-year deal. Sorry we were behind on that one, Daniel Garcia. Uh, Josh Wyatt, it feels like Lynch has finally won the power struggle over Parag. This move feels like a full-on indictment of the usual formula. Again, I, I feel disagree. like the, every... I think everyone in the organization understands that their core of players is reaching 30 and they need to, they need to do it right now, which is why I keep coming back to my dad said, okay, well then what's the quarterback position? Yeah. And wait a minute. As far as, first of all, I don't know that there's a power struggle between Lynch and Parag. True. I, I'm not True. Get, granting that, but if there were, Parag is much closer to Jed York than John Lynch is. Mike McGlinchey 69 says, why are you playing with me? I'm hungry. O-line sucks without me. Hey, Cones, who you think going to replace me? Jimmy G got an injury clause in uh, the Raiders deal. Well, we're going to have a whole se section about how the Niners are going to replace you, Mike McGlinchey, so wait up. That's UK, Mike McGlinchey. Glass Half Full Guy says, I'm with you, Grant. That Niners will package their picks and move up into the second round. They don't have room for a ton of new rookies. They could do that. They might need to get in the first round, though. Bet Beck McKay says, do you think the Niners will still draft a quarterback? Yes. It, well, let me put it like this. If they don't, they're nuts. Yeah. They'll, I, yeah. I think the more quarterbacks, the better. Right. It'll be round seven like Purdy yeah, last year. Yeah, round seven or, or is or, fine. Yeah. yeah. Ryan says, Grant, they re-signed Brendel. Sorry, sorry I, I was late on that one, but we got it. We talked Brendel. Brendel? Corey Soto says, Darnold's skill set is more akin to Lance than Brock Purdy. If it indicates anything, it indicates Purdy's injury puts him up in the air. I disagree, Corey. He's not going to be running. Darnold. He's not going to be running the zone read. He's not going to be running quarterback power. Uh, he's going to be scrambling around behind the line of scrimmage and doing play action. Trade Lance and two firsts for Lamar, still possible. Forget that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They have Darnold and Brock now. Emmanuel Mosley to the Lions. Godspeed, Emmanuel. Is Trey a wallflower at a dance? Well, um, that's what we talked about. Well, on the football field, he, he seems, like, seems like a wallflower at a dance. I don't know actual parties. Slay to replace Mosley. What would you pay him? I don't think the Niners have that kind of money right now. They just paid a bunch of guys. Slay's very expensive. Gold-Blooded says Trey will be fine. You may be overreacting about Darnold like you did with Josh Rosen. Okay. Um, Trey and I Darnold have the— Darnold is better, is better than Josh Rosen. Yeah, Josh Rosen sucks. Official BNA Music 88 says Trey and Darnold have the same exact measurables. Six foot three, 225, 9 and 3, 8-inch hands, 4-8-ish, 40 time. I expect to see him run QB counter, not the Brock Purdy offense. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. I think Trey is faster than Sam Darnold. Um, Centennial G says, good to see Cone family. Question for my dad. Any similarities between number five Garcia and Lance? 
Also, if Garcia would have stayed with SF, do you think it was possible he would have captured a Super Bowl under the Yorks? No, no that team sucked. No. Also, no one has captured a Super Bowl under the Yorks. I no. want to say um, Jeff Garcia is one of the most exciting quarterbacks I ever saw in my life. Um, he was really smart, and what Ira Miller called him was a chaos quarterback, sort of like Russell Wilson. When all hell was breaking loose, that's when you— when the play broke down, you had to really worry about Jeff Garcia. Yeah. I'm going to also say another thing. Jeff Garcia is a really smart quarterback. Yeah. He was he, he was a lot like Brock Purdy, but he had a better arm and he was more yeah. built. But he was really strong. Brock Purdy yeah. looks like he's 11. Uh, RS says, when, his, when, this team is, when this team has to rebuild, how would this franchise look moving forward? BP is the franchise quarterback, in your opinion. That's a little getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, I think you, you, they'd have, they would have Nick Bosa. And that would be the core, you know, that would be the, the best player in the team moving forward. I don't know who the quarterback would be. Errol Tolbert says, everyone keeps saying Kyle can fix a quarterback, but hasn't done so since he has been here. Giving up on Trey is suicide. You know, uh, boy, I would like to think that. I think Trey's going to have to win, prove something. He's going to at least have to beat out Sam Darnold. So... I think everything is available to Trey if he's capable of taking it. Right. It just feels like if the Niners really feel that Brock's going to be back this year and he's their guy and Darnold is a capable backup and that Trey Lance needs to play, but they're not willing to play him, they might trade him. Not that they should, but that might be their logic. Uh, Seen this movie, no elite quarterback, no chip, says Coach G. That's pretty much how it works in the NFL these days. End of story. Love you guys, says Double B Studio. Thank you. Love you too. All right, back to the show. Is Sam Darnold a project mentally broken man? Yeah, that's the the Niners have to rebuild his confidence and make him stop trying to do too much. But again, he did well last year. There's something there. Hold on, hold on. Do we know for a fact that he's a mentally broken man? I have. I don't know that he's a mentally broken man. Yeah, we don't know. He he's he's a guy who's had tremendous downs, not ups, yeah. downs yeah. in his pro career, but he rallied at the end of last season. That doesn't seem mentally broken to me. That seems actually a pretty strong person. Right. And again, the coach who was coaching him there is now in the Niners, and I'm, I'm guessing he probably vouched for him and said, I, I like the guy, bring him in. So yeah. Niners probably have good feelings about him. Moving on, Jimmy Ward is gone. He signed with the Texans. To play safety, the position the Niners. It was funny. D'Amico moved him to nickel. Then he got the head coaching job at the Texans. And first thing he did was sign Jimmy Ward to play safety because he's really freaking good and he's worth the money. What do you think of this for the Texans and what do you think of this for the Niners? I think it's a great move for the Texans. I think it's unfortunate for the Niners. I understand they probably couldn't pay Jimmy. Okay? Right. Um. So I'm not blaming them for letting Jimmy go. But but in the in the perfect world, you would never let Jimmy Ward go. He's a hell yeah. of a player. He's really smart. He's really tough. Iggy's like a little Ronnie Lott. He's really yeah. tough. And I admire him because in a locker room, there's sort of like a group thinking. He didn't care. He was so his own man. And he didn't care who he disagreed with. Yeah. Um, a guy like that is so important on a team. Mm-hmm. So I think 
uh, it's a bigger loss than you can imagine for the 49ers and a big win for Houston. But I don't think they're going to go anywhere with D'Amico Ryans. I also felt that he was he's a leader. I, I think that's why D'Amico's bringing it. He's a grown-up. You know, he, yeah. he um, he's a real grown-up. Kind of, I think he saw it from Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman came here, and uh, what Jimmy was in his mid twenties, and I think he looked at Sherman as being so savvy with the media and with his business as being his own agent and marketer. He looked at him and and he kind of became his own version of that. And I don't know who's going to fill that role. And like the grown-up on the team on the defense, like the guy. I don't know who's going to be that guy. You got to have that guy. And Jimmy was the grown-up. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I would have to say. What What about the linebacker? Fred Warner? He's like 26. I'm talking a grown-up grown-up, like the Joe Staley of, of, of the defense, you know? Okay. You know what I'm talking about. The guy who's in his 30s and acts like it. Yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> yes. So I don't know how the Niners are going to replace. They won't replace that part of his game, but they can have – they have Tashawn Gibson at free safety who's good and – affordable and they have a young guy they drafted last year said well my cook started nickel i don't they, they've had success redshirting players and then starting him after that their second year so that's what they could do um, um you know iggy you ought to um it find a way th- through his agent or whoever to contact jimmy and wish him good luck i will i'll do it today. i think you should i will um one okay so this is the big one we need to talk about Right tackle. The Niners made a smart move not re-signing Mike McGlinchey. He's going to Denver. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But So, okay, they didn't make a mistake bringing him back, but they have a, a hole at right tackle. It's a very important position, and the guy they have starting there right now is Colton McKivitz, who has started five games in his career, and I don't think he's the next Jake Brendel who's going to become a quality starter overnight. I think they need to get a replacement for Mike McGlinchey who's not on the roster, and that's not easy. Because in free agency, that guy's $19 million a year, and they can't afford that. And in the draft, those guys get taken in round one. The guys who can start right away. End of story. So they don't have a round one or a round two pick. So you got how are the Niners going to replace Mike McGlinch? You got any ideas, Dad? No. It's not. First of all, I'd like to change the verb. It's not replace Mike McGlinchey, improve over Mike McGlinchey. Because in spite of what Denver thinks, he's not the real deal. So they need to have someone better than Mike McGlinchey. It, 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 would you agree? Significantly better. Significantly better. Um, do you, could they package picks and get up to the first round? No. They don't have enough picks to get to the first round. They could get maybe into the second round. But again, I don't think you can just find a day one starting rookie on a, on a Super Bowl winning, you know, contending team in round two. That's a risk. Okay. You got to get in round one. Let me ask you a question then. Why did they go for the defensive lineman and pay all that money to Hargrave if they have this crushing, obvious need at right tackle? Why did they prioritize one over the other? And I know I'm putting you on the spot. No, it's a good question. There could be a couple of answers. They could have a solution up their sleeve in the draft, a way to get in round one. Or they could really think that they're going to get by with Colton Kivitz at right tackle. I'm telling you, the, the Eagles don't have anyone. Every single offensive lineman on the Eagles is better than Colton McKivitz. Every single offensive lineman on the Chiefs is better than Colton McKivitz. No serious Super Bowl team has someone has a backup like that starting at right tackle. So, so, so they have two question marks, two issues, both on the offense. 
quarterback and right tackle. Wow. That's kind of tough. Yeah. And I again, I can't imagine that they're really thinking Colton McKivitz is the answer. So I'm going to say something, Dad. I think I think they're they need to think about how to get into the first round and I think they might be thinking about it and I think there's only two ways to do it. Two. They could trade Brandon Ayuk or they could trade Trey Lance. One of the two. Those are the two guys that get you. They could trade Nick Bosa, but they won't, and they shouldn't. Um, Brandon and I could get you in the, in the first round, maybe the back half of it. I don't even know what Trey Lance is worth in a, in a trade right now. It's possible he's not worth a first-round pick anymore because he hasn't done anything in the NFL. But that's they could think, you know, look, Brandon Ayuk's really good, but they have a bunch of really good players on offense, and they need a right tackle. They have a bunch of guys they can throw the ball to. They need a right tackle. That could be the trade they want to do. Or if they like Sam Darnold and, and Brock Purdy, they could say, you know, we really like Trey Lance, but we need a right tackle, so we're going to trade him. I mean, what do you think of those potential moves to get a day one starter in the draft at right tackle? Okay, I, I like how you're framing it. So let's say to get a right tackle, who would you move on from, uh, Brandon Ayuk or Trey Lance? Wow, that's a brain buster. It's giving me a headache. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me say what I like about Ayuk. He is one hell of a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He he does everything. He he can go deep. He has great hands. He runs great routes, um, and he's a, he's tough. He's a fighter. He will fight. He 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 will fight with anyone. He f- he fought with Fred Warner. He plays um, angry. I love that. He plays angry, and he's their best wide receiver. No question. Um. Debo Samuel may be a better player because of all the things he does, but Ayuk is a better wide receiver than Debo Samuel. I would hate to see him go. On the other hand, if you if you get rid of Trey Lance, you may be getting rid of the next Russell Wilson. Not He's that a Russell Wilson is Russell uh, uh, Wilson anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, who would I trade? You want to know who I trade? I would trade if if it came down to it. I would trade the quarterback. You would trade Trey? I would. If if it came down to it, to get a right tackle, I would trade the quarterback. Because, I think I would trade. Go ahead. Yeah, because Ayuk has already proven himself. That's fair. Put it this way, though. I think I would trade the wide receiver because you can replace wide receivers. Wide receivers yeah. are not hard to find. Uh, you, it's so hard to find quarterbacks, and you never know which one is going to end up being good. So you might want to just keep them just in case. I don't know. I think I would. Also, also, I don't know what Trey Lance is worth. It's possible if you put him on the trade block unofficially, you started getting calls. People say, I'll give you a third. Mm. Give you give you a late second. He hasn't done anything. How can the Niners ask for a, a, I don't know. Maybe if they get a first round pick, that's a different story. But it's possible he can't get that. And only IU can. I don't know. Okay, so let's put Trey Lance out of the equation. If a team calls and says, we'll give you a first-round pick for Ayuk, and you know you could use it for a right tackle, would you make that move? Yes. Okay, I, I would too. Again, they can. Th- the quarterback on this team can throw the ball to George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Jawan Jennings. They drafted a, a wide receiver last year, Danny Gray, in, in round three. There are options to throw the ball to. Who the hell is playing right tackle? You can't fake it there. That guy plays every single snap, and he's blocking the best athletes on defense. The most date, the guy, he's the la- he's protecting your quarterback. He's so important. He's got to be better than Mike McGlinchey. 
and that's not on the team right now. So I would do it. I would sacrifice Brandon Ayuk for the right tackle. Sorry. Okay, how likely do you think that is to happen? 50-50. I think it could Actually happen. Actually up to, it could happen. I think it could happen. I, I think Brandon Ayuk would be all for it. I think he, he keeps his mouth shut, but I think it's pretty clear he thinks he doesn't get the ball enough. He's like fourth in the pecking order over here because McCaffrey, Debo, and, and Kittle are getting paid so much. Um, I don't think the Niners, yeah, I think he'd be open to it. And I, I don't think the Niners are going to give him a long-term extension. I don't think they can afford to. Maybe they will. But if you need something, you could trade him now. You can keep one more year, trade him next year. But they need a right tackle. And I don't, it, Colt McKivitz is not a solution. Can't be a solution. That's just not taking the series, the season seriously. I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm not aware that much of his play. What, what are his limitations? Colt McKivitz. I mean, he, he was a fifth round pick. He's not a particularly good athlete. They cut him at one point. He was on their practice squad. He's he started five games. Tough. Like Jake Brendel, at least you could look at his combine results and say, like, this guy's a really good athlete. Maybe he just needs an opportunity. This McKivitz is just a he's a solid try hard backup who will is not athletic enough to hold up uh, as a starter against edge rushers in the NFL. He will get exposed. Worse than McGlinchey. Over a full season. All right. Can't happen. Well, do you think they are actively going to try to get a good right tackle, or do you yes. think they have a blind spot there? I think they want a good right tackle. I mean, they... Spent a first-round pick on a right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. He, ne- he never ended up being a special player, but the idea was let's spend, a f- let's spend a- the ninth pick in the draft on a right tackle. It's an important position. So now he's gone, and now they're all of a sudden they're going to turn to some former fifth-round pick who was on their practice squad? Like, I don't think so. I think they're in the market for a right tackle, and they don't want people to know it. I think, they- oh, we got Colton McKivitz. We love him. No, you're probably in the market for a right tackle, and you're trying to figure out how to get in round one, and it's not going to be easy, and you don't want to alienate Brandon Ayuk in the process if you don't end up trading him, so everything has to be hush-hush, but they're probably trying to figure it out how we get up there. Okay. I hope they are. Yeah, I think they. I, hope- I would think they are. Yeah, I would think they are. Because if they don't get a right tackle, they could get three quarterbacks injured. <laughs> Lickety split. Oh, yeah. Season. You know what they'd be in? They'd be in Dutch. They'd be in Dutch. You don't want to be in Dutch. No. Keneal Mason says, CJ Gardner-Johnson to the Bay. Also, shout out Jimmy Ward, man. Wish him the best in Houston. One of my favorite Niners ever. P.S. The Raiders are hilarious. Are they getting CJ Gardner-Johnson? No. Tell me that's not happening. Um, Trey, 40-yard, 492. Sam, 40-yard, 485. Where are you getting 492 from? He never ran the 40, sir. Dries415 says, Jimmy G going to the Raiders feels like your ex leaving you and starts dating your cousin. P.S. Love the show. <sighs> I'm actually looking forward to Jimmy Garoppolo playing on another team. Can't wait to see how that goes. BC4 well, says, wait, wait, wait. what? I want to say one thing, Iggy. Yeah. I want to say this show wishes, wishes Jimmy all the best. Yeah, all the best. We wish him all the best. Um, he went through many rough times dealing with 49ers management. And the coaching staff. I have never seen anyone handle it with such grace and with such honor. So, Jimmy, all the best to you. BC4 says, would a trade for Trent Brown be realistic and good? They already got rid of him once. I don't think they want him. I think he's a free agent. I could be wrong about that. Uh, Also, wasn't Sam good in 2021 before CMC got hurt? Maybe. I don't watch the Panthers that closely. 
Tony says trade BA for a first and then sign OBJ and draft right tackle. OBJ wants $20 million a year. I don't know if that's the move. But you could probably get a, a wide receiver. Papa Cone gives an on hood. Love the show. On hood says funny funny money. But he doesn't understand. But it's 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 a nice sentiment sentiment. Monsatore says, No way I sacrifice Ayuk for a tackle. O line coach should get a starter with trade up in the second. Ayuk too good too good to trade with no other wide receiver. That's complete package. Fair. That's that's fair enough. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, the Niners drafted Aaron Banks in round two and sat him for a year. It's hard to get an offensive lineman to start year one. Why? Because uh, they're not as strong as the grown men defensive linemen across from them. Also, uh, the stuff that defenses do on third down are so much more exotic in the NFL than they are in college. And it takes offensive linemen a little time to figure out what all that stuff is. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a much tougher transition, college to the pros, for offensive linemen than defensive linemen. So a lot of teams draft a year in advance, take a guy, sit him, start him in his second year. That's what the Eagles do. That's what the Niners did with Banks. So that's why if you're looking for a rookie to start right away, you, I mean, got to get way up there. Got you, Monza. Thank you very much. Gavin and Things says, hey, guys, just wanted to say that I love this show. I enjoy watching every week, and I hope you're both doing well. P.S. Thank you. Thank God Jimmy's finally gone. (laughs) (laughs) I. I'm looking forward to watching him with the Raiders. He's not he's not gone. He's still going to be on TV. Double B Studio says Trey's price tag of a painting, Trey's price tag of a painting value comes from the person who buys it. Value comes from the person who buys it. BA will be expensive. Niners have enough weapons they can afford to lose one. That's kind of what I was thinking. They have a lot of weapons, not a lot of offense alignment. Maybe that's a swap you would make. All right, let's talk about Mike McGlinchey. The Denver Broncos gave him $50 million guaranteed. Sean Payton, who I thought was smart or really good just made a huge investment in mike mcglinchey it blows my mind what do you think dad well on the face of it it's it's a very ignorant move uh now i respect sean payton is it possible there's more to mike mcglinchey than we've seen over the years no (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's played for five years we've seen him play a lot i I don't understand what, what part of his game Sean Payton's going to unlock. Right, right. I don't see it. What do you think Sean Payton was thinking? It, it, it kind of feels like a, Sean Payton just took over that organization in Denver. He wasn't in the league last year. I wonder how well he knows Mike McGlinchey. <laughs> he might have seen a sheet of some stats and said, oh, this guy's a good right tackle. Let's get, let's get the best right tackle on the free agent market. That's Mike McGlinchey. Okay, get him. Have you seen him play recently? No. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, no, this is a bad sign. He, I, Russell Wilson, if he knows what's going, if he's watched film, he should feel uneasy right now. He could get Russell Wilson really hurt. Yeah, he's not good. Is he a stiff? Would you call him a stiff? Yes. He, he here's the, here's his problem. He's six eight, like two hundred ninety five pounds. So he's very lean and and high center of gravity. And you'd think at that. He's so light, he should be quick, but he's not. He's a right tackle, not a left tackle. So he kind of like is robotic in his slide, and he's so scared of really quick guys that he's like lunging out there, and he loses balance. And if you just hit him in the chest, he goes flying. And there's these clips of him like off his feet, parallel to the ground. I mean, he gets himself in these really embarrassing positions that you don't normally see NFL offensive linemen. It's like, 
Mike, how'd that happen? And then his own coaches say that he has, once he has one of those plays, often the next one's coming right after, and he's kind of mentally weak in that way, and you can't really trust him in the highest pressure moments. It's like, good luck, Denver. I don't know what you think you're paying for here. $17, $18 million? It's like, whoa. Whoa. So not only did the Niners get rid of him, <laughs> but they avoided a bad signing. Yeah, and they get a compensatory pick from him next year because he got so much money, they may end up getting like a fourth-round pick for him next year. Isn't that great? Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Sean. I have something I want to say. Yes. You know, this week where free agency is happening, we see there's a lot of change on teams, players that you like, players that fans root for. Jimmy Ward, they're here, they're not here. I, I did sports for 40 years, and one of the things I learned was you never feel anything is permanent. Like no. you grow up in your life and you feel my mom and dad, our family, it's permanent. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And you look back on your life, and I do, I look back on in Brooklyn, I think, I mean, three of them are gone now, my parents and my brother, but it feels permanent. They're still part of me. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a sports writer, I dealt with very famous people, Bill Walsh, Don Nelson, um, Bruce Bochy. They come and go. I'm going to tell you something, Iggy. People who are growing up in this generation of Niners think of Kyle Shanahan as the Niners coach. He's been there seven years. This is his seven, will, will be his seventh year, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He'll be gone. I don't he know will. when he'll be gone. He's not going to do this for life. Mm -mm. They all come and go. And, yeah. and, and the ones who actually don't come and go are the media. You, yeah. You've been doing this for more than 10 years, Matty Mayoko, Matt Barrows. Yeah. And you see they come and go, and it, it says something not only about sports but about life. It comes and goes very fast. And, yeah. and people speak of um, sports as a metaphor for life. Free agency week is a metaphor for life. People yeah. come and go so fast, and they come and go in and out of your life very fast in real life and even more quickly in sports. People that you think, Bill Walsh, you thought, oh, he'll be here forever. Iggy lasted 10 seasons, and he was gone. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's like the Wizard and of Oz. still there. It's like the Wizard of yes. Oz. People go, come and go so quickly around here. People come and go so quickly around here. And it's one of the things I learned about from sports writing is how evanescent, how quick – their generations are, and by extension, so ours as well. And I feel yeah. that very much this week. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you, you see them strut their hour on the stage, and it feels like it's going to last forever. And then next thing you know, I'm in the press box watching a playoff game, and I'm sitting next to Patrick Willis. Right. I'm sitting next to Patrick Willis, and he's just the guy. I mean, he's not just a guy, but he's a normal person taking notes on the game just like me. He's no longer a football right. player. He's not really a celebrity anymore. He's he's a normal person working on the next thing in his life, which is media, which is what I do. It was really cool. Yes. Um, Stretches hour uh, on the stage. You know which one that's from? It's from Macbeth? Yeah. Good go. <laughs> Poor play told by an idiot. Yeah, signifying nothing. Yeah, it's one of the great uh, one of the great speeches in, in any any literature anywhere. So anyway, I want to say that, and it, it, I I always feel this week 
we all get um, so. Who are they going to get at right tackle? Where's Jimmy? Jimmy Ward went to Houston. This, but there's a, a, a more underlying story, which is how fast it comes and goes. And we, look, even you, a young man, you've lived through the era of Tom Sula, Chip Kelly, and now Kyle Shanahan. Iggy, they come and go. And did you also Singletary, or was that before you? That was before me. Okay, that but was those three. Me. And yeah. then, as I say, Kyle, how many more years is he going to be here? Five more years, maybe? Iggy, he won't be here ten more years. I mean, his contract is for three more years. They haven't extended it yet. He might have to get back in the Super Bowl, or they could just let it expire. Yeah, and I'm not putting him down. I'm just saying it's what how it is in sports. It's how it is. With Jimmy Ward leaving is interesting. He'd been on the team since 2014. He was the longest-tenured player. He spanned all the way back to Jim Harbaugh. He was the link to Harbaugh. Kind of interesting. He was there for yes. Harbaugh's last year. He was there for Tom Sula, Chip Kelly, all the Kyle Shanahan stuff, and now he's gone. And again, that's what is that, nine seasons? That's nine seasons, and it's over. And it's over. It's over. And to, to me, there's a value in keeping someone who understands the history, who's lived, who's lived the history. I think yeah. there's a value in that. But I wouldn't think that team owners – it's not one of the criteria. What's funny with Jimmy Ward, like he was Mr. Niner. He was on the team for nine years. You're never going to hear about him ever again. Now he's with Houston. The Niners aren't going to make a big deal of him. And in 10 years, you're going to say, hey, what was Jimmy Ward doing these days? Right. You know? That's the way it is. like a Jimmy Ward day. In, no, there will the, never be a Jimmy Ward day. Although, frankly, a nine-year guy on your team, how many how many players have been on the Niners for, for nine years in the history of the franchise? Probably yeah. double digits. So, yeah. Salute. Yeah. It's just Josh says, thanks for checking out my portfolio, lol. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for sending it. Goldblooded says, trade Debo for a right tackle and set the tone that getting paid and not producing is a one-way ticket out of town. Oh, God. You know, I, I kind of love that. Yeah. Financially be a little bit more tricky to trade him, but I see I, – I, I, again, I would prefer that because Ayuk, he never misses games. He's always in tip-top shape. You can't say that about Debo. Aziz just signed with the Titans. Okay. Last one. Aziz Alshair, been with the Niners a few years, just signed with the Tennessee Titans. He was an undrafted free agent, linebacker, good player, good – Good addition to the Titans. Um, 51 for the 49ers. Had that big, bulky arm brace he used to play with. Hit the hell out of people. I want to say Good something player. about him. Yeah. Salah loved him. Yes. And Salah, at one point, encouraged you to do a profile of him. Yes, he did. He said, you got yes, he did. This was before I knew who he was. I think it was before. Yeah. I think just when he made the team for the first time. He said, you got to talk to this guy. It's a great story. Yeah. Salah was yeah. in love with him. Yes. He was, I believe, homeless at one point in his childhood. And I think what Salah really like, I think some coaches look at players who are who went through tr trouble like that, tr uh, adversity like that, or are young parents. They're like, I don't know if I want to get this guy on my team. Salah likes guys like that because to him, they grew up early. Like you're getting guys who are 23, but they're really mature. You know, they're they're parents. They've they've been they've seen the tougher parts of life. So he always gravitates to those kind of players. And I think he it, it means a lot to see someone like him undrafted free agent, go through all that stuff as a kid, uh, become a, a success. Iggy, are we about at the end now? Yes. Okay, I have something I want to say, and I would like you not to talk about this, just me. I'm just going to make a statement. Um, I think a lot of you people know that in the last week or so, Colin Kaepernick came out and really put down his parents. And he even said that 
they were racist. I really feel that that's very unfortunate, what he said. Um, these people adopted him, love him, brought him up, gave him a middle-class life. Um, I wish that he had not said that. I think it must hurt his parents very much. I know one time I wrote something, his mom's Therese, and she didn't like what I wrote, and she either tweeted or went on some radio station and argued with me and, and put me down. And my response to that, I didn't respond, but what I thought was, what a nice mommy to stand up for her son. I, I wasn't at all put off by her. I was impressed, and I just hope at some point in the future Colin Kaepernick takes a deep breath and apologizes to his parents because I don't think it's fair to put them down publicly. I don't think you do that to, in a family. So that's all I had to say, and let's not talk about it, Iggy, okay? Fair enough. Uh, okay. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Congratulations to Aziz Alshair and the people who left the Niners and the new players on the Niners. Like Butter, thanks for becoming a new member. Um, that's the show. Dad, I love you. I love you, Wiki. I'll talk to you in a few minutes. Talk to you in a few minutes. See you guys.